Chapter 20 The Ninja Masters Minikin sat cross-legged before a low, highly polished wooden table. On it sat four small cups for drinking Napa tea. The room was dimly lit, a single circular candelabrum hung from the ceiling. The floor was wood, the four large pillows sat around the table and he sat on one of these, comfortable but not so. His darting gaze fell on the wood-framed paper doorway across the room. Master Popofis had hurried to give instructions to a few of the Kithkin maidens at her service and to gather the required company. Minikin's patience had begun to wane just as the door slid in its track and in stepped Master Purplefist. She'd tied her violet hair at the back of her head, pinned in place with two small chopsticks. Ryuki was young and had certainly been one of the fastest to climb the ranks. Minikin considered her a worthy leader and her adeptness with the chainsickle was admirable. Behind her were several servants with tea. Some came to fill the cups at the table, another carried a map of the city of Tuzakon. Minikin had requested that shortly after his arrival. He rose as they entered the room and bowed low. Apologies, Master Shadowstar, said Ryuki as she approached. Your grand entrance seems to have drawn the city guard to our doors. I had to ensure they were informed your arrival was expected. Minikin nodded. He'd assumed attention would be gained. They were going to need it soon. I don't doubt they'll be back. I'm sure, agreed Ryuki as they positioned themselves at the table's edges, not yet sitting. Likely asking more questions about this remarkable flying machine. It seems you've quite a story. Do you care to share? I will soon, said Minikin, thinking about details he knew of the attack. It came out grave. But despite what's happened, you can be certain I'm glad to be home again. He let a smile draw itself across his face despite the sad circumstances. And if the masters had heeded my warning... Your entourage would still be alive and home as well, came a voice from the doorway. The voice was that of Master Dragonfright. Elder Master Deep Benner would still be alive. Minikin felt his jaw tighten. He frowned as he forced another bow. Forgive me, Master Dragonfright. I only did what I believed to be right and just. Was peace with the Greywater Clan not worth such a risk? Elder Master Deep Bender believed so. The Deepender and Darkfold lines believe so ever since the two clans left Furai more than a century ago. Hiryota's face looked even more sour than it usually did. Minikun could tell there was a sadness in it, though Hiryota would never say so. The human ninja master slowly walked toward the pillow that had been placed at the edge of the table for him. Minikun, Ryuki, and Hiryoto bowed to one another before they took their places, sitting cross-legged upon their pillows. Extending their arms to the center of the table, they each revealed the underside of their forearm and grasped one another's wrist. The tattoo with three dark raven's talons entwined with a smoky pattern became clear, interlocking amongst them, save one, with Elder Master Deepbender now gone. It was the symbol of the Black Talon Clan's master, and their special tattoo ensured no imposter could infiltrate their meetings. They spoke the oath in unison. Where, Where darkness dwells, dwells and evil dwells, a shadow shall prevail. In deep, deep of land or deep of hall, a shadow shall not fall. When the walls are beset and the weak are in fear, a shadow shall endure. To defend the city through final breath, a shadow shall not fear its death. Fleet as the fairest and keen as the raven, the black tongue clan shall be thy haven. The masters looked to each other and sat silent a moment. Minikin would have been glad to say those words again, if not for the loss of Elder Master Deepender. He spoke first. 
The news I bring is ominous, but will take time to tell. First, what happened? How was Elder Master Deepbender killed? Ryuki glanced at Hirioto, her eyes melancholy. After the message was left on our door, the one that sent you to East, I too was drawn away to prevent two merchant lords in Kalan and Kermont from uniting. Elder Master Deepbender agreed I should go as well, but unfortunately, I too was ambushed by Dark Elf assassins there. The whole plot was false. Minekin nodded, looking to Hirioto. The seal on the letter from the Greywater Crown was forged by Dark Elves as well. And now, I guess I had is confirmed. I guess you had, grumbled Hirioto. I warned all of us. When Lelur came to me, I refused to go on my mission and argued with Elder Master Deepender over it. In fact, the very night I was requested to go off, the Dark Elves crept into the dojo. His head fell. I tried to keep him safe and alive. I was given this for it. He paused and pulled aside his gi to reveal a long stitch wound along his back and neck. Ryuki looked over to Minikin. He could tell she shared the same shame he did. They poisoned their blades and slew him in this bed. Hirioto snarled. If they couldn't kill us all, then pulling us away from Elder Master Deepbender to expose him was an equally deadly plan. Manikin took one last sip of his tea, then spoke. The news I bring you is ominous. How they knew of our secret initially, I do not know. But they've been watching us. Just as they've been watching the Knights of the Hawk. Hirioto narrowed his eyes at the mention of the Knights. It was the Knights of the Hawk's duty to watch over the plains of Cedic. If the Dark Elves have spied on them, it's their own lack of watchfulness at fault. Master Dragonfright, spoke Ryuki with her eyebrows arched. The Magistrate's guard didn't keep us safe either. We are all at fault. Hirioto silenced, though his resentment showed in his expression. It was a Knight of the Hawk who intervened during the Dark Elven attack on Yi's. Minikin went on. There were many assassins. The Knight called Tudim Griderans and I fought them, but not before our ninja failed to defend me. I was the last. But in my journey, we made the discovery. Manikin continued to relay what had happened, how he in turn had come to their conclusions, how he'd paid his life debt, how the Dark Elves had allied with the Black Division, and that the Dragon Army was planning to make port in the Bay of Vixidor and traipse right through Tessicon to make their way to Daltaria, their final goal. The Black Division's navy will be here any day now, he said. Genovans have not repelled any attack like this in our lifetimes. Ryuki and Hirioto sat silent for a moment, looking at Minikin. I was hoping your words were witless Kithkin pranks, grumbled Hirioto. Ryuki leaned forward and took a sip of her tea. Then tell us what we can do. The Knights of the Hawk have told me that they will do their best to send reinforcements. We must hold out long enough for them to arrive, said Minikin gravely. I trust that Tudim will be able to send horsemen to us, though I don't know how many or how soon. How can we hope to hold for any number of days, Master Shadowstar? Asked Ryuki, who still seemed in shock. We can't stand against the Dark Knights. Their armor is thick, their numbers beyond counting. Minikin sat back and set his hands upon his folded knees. What kind of hopeless fight have you brought about? Growled Hirioto. Do you, Kithkin, not use any rational thought in your dealings? 
We stand no chance if the Dark Knights number any significant force. You know this was planned by the Thalui, Master Dragonfright. It is not his fault. Shot back Ryuki, defending Mineken. Even if we could hold, returned Hiryoto. How can we trust they will come? This Turim gave you no promise of reinforcements. He only gave you words to brighten your hopes so that you'd stall the Dragon Army forces, and his keep might better prepare their defenses. Ryuki stood and swung her hand, slapping Hiryoto. Silence, Master Dragon Fright. If the Elder Master was alive, he would tell us what to do. But he's not. Minekin exchanged glances with Ryuki, making no attempt to hide his grin. Hiryoto <sighs> scowled and settled himself. This is what the Dark Elves wanted. Minekin took a deep breath as Ryuki sat again. We will need the support of the entire city guard if we're to stand the slightest chance against the Dragon Army. Ryuki sighed. Do you think they will listen to our plea? Magistrate Tao has long suspected the Black Talon's resurrection and our presence here in Tosakan, said Minekin. Perhaps if we send him a warning, he'll command his guard to fight, if he wishes his city to remain intact. Hiryoto sat staff straight, his eyes tight. He's a bit of a fool, but I'm willing we try. He's not had confirmation we've reformed since his grandfather disbanded the clan, mused Ryuki. He could attempt to have us all arrested. Minikin signaled to one of the servants standing at the doors. Let's hope Elder Master Deep Bender's faith that he would one day allow our existence again is well placed. I'll prepare a message, said Ryuki as she neared. Gather a few other ninja and prepare to deliver it to him shortly. The moon at Grenelag Keep that evening was one of both grave industry and terror. Term had let his wing go get a last evening meal, but they'd be back shortly. He remained in the dragon stables, each of their magnificent creatures harnessed and ready for flight at a moment's notice. All along the row, wagons pulled the bulky saddle mounts before the dragon stalls to finish armoring the other wings. The stable had been one of the first, and there were still thousands to arm. Term stood outside Thunderclap's stall, adjusting the tightness of his visor on his helm. It had been a little stiff since he'd been struck on the head, twice, but this little tinkering seemed to be doing the trick. Even as he paused, he heard the noise slowly rising outside. Every able-bodied squire, knight, lieutenant, captain, and commander continued preparing for the coming assault. Horns still sounded their calls for war, and though nobody knew how long they had yet, knights rushed to the walls to spy eastward even now. Each and every warrior was being assembled and armed. The rangers have decided to assist us in the fight, said Sand as he strode through the great doors toward Term. He sat on a bench near Lasertooth and Thunderclap stalls. I spoke with your little fairy friend a while ago, just as we left the mess halls. Term looked to Sand and nodded slowly. All his thoughts of war still left him feeling ill-prepared. He wished he'd arrived sooner. If he'd only waited for Sand, he'd have turned up several days earlier. Or if he'd never left at all, he would have been here still, and perhaps they would have been able to keep an eye on the southern scouting parties of Dark Elves. But I wouldn't have known any of it, he thought. We can't be more prepared than we are now. An assault from the south would have destroyed everything between Grendelok Keep and Tusakon itself. Because Minikin might never have returned home in time if he hadn't assisted him. Even without their capture in Peabok Din, they might have never discovered the Dragon Army had attacked Karagog Keep. No. The path they were on had been laid out as it needed to be. 
His only question left was, could they survive? The rest of his wing had found their way into the dragon stables and had moved to ready weapons and talked to their dragons quietly. He'd barely noticed. Turm looked to San and cleared his throat. <coughs> Sorry, I have a lot on my mind. I know this isn't the ranger's fight, but they're most welcome here. I can't believe Rael allowed such a thing, though. Wasn't he opposed to fighting the dragon army? He was. I think he still may be. San smiled as he opened polish for his blade. Where are they now? Term asked. And where have the others gotten off to? Lala and Sinfa, and Aldor and Dorf. They've been sent to Durok Smithy to be appropriately fit for arms. Don't worry, they'll be well taken care of. Durok's skill is renowned, agreed Term, who realized he'd begun to pace. And thanks, by the way, said San. For what? Sending word to my dad. I hope he listens and gets away from Daltaria as quick as he can. He can be a little stubborn when it comes to his business. You've got your ear in the right place, don't you? Said Term, impressed he knew so much already. Well, let's hope all that won't matter. We'll try to stop them here. He looked over the remaining members of his wing, who sat some distance away, tightening armor and polishing helms. Then he noticed the new wingmate he hadn't spoken with yet. And who's the new recruit? He asked San quietly. San looked up for a second before returning his eyes to his sword. His name is Cairn Hollowstail. He's a good fellow, as far as I can tell. Breed and Bartlett have taken to him already. But I think Arthur is still having difficulty adjusting to the loss of Warren. That's to be expected. Time will change things. Term paused for a moment before continuing. Sand. I'm sorry I wasn't there when you came to retrieve me. San chuckled. Worry not. <laughs> Rails Rangers found me. As soon as I touched down, I saw the ashes of Dwelling Hearth and its blackened, twisted framework. They surrounded me. I have to admit, I was caught a bit off guard. That's a strange thing. When I left the cabin, it was still standing. Rail thinks the Dark Elves set it ablaze, perhaps in spite. Maybe for another reason. I don't know. San's eyes met terms. But a sadness came over me when I saw the ashes. After all we'd been through since our days at the Academy, I thought you'd finally met your end. And I wasn't there to save you. Term patted San's shoulder plate, trying to ease his unusual display of emotion. You don't have to worry now. We're here to watch over each other again. San grinned. That's good to know, Turum. But you've got a lot to answer for. You're going to tell me everything that's happened. It looks like you've got a tale of your own. One that I wasn't part of. Then Darth, Simpha, Lala, and Aldor appeared in the open doorway. As they seemed to catch sight of Turum, they ambled towards him, except for Lala, who waved and trotted quickly. But Simpha called out first. Turum! Her voice was somewhat huffy, and she didn't look pleased. There you are! We've been ordered to fight on the wall with the other foot knights! Term stood with a smile as he watched his friends approach. Well, you don't have to fight at all, if you'd rather not. I'd certainly prefer you be sent off towards the west. But that doesn't please you, milady. Simpha's hands rested on her hips. I had no intention of taking the Cloud Racer into any more danger. I just thought we'd all be together. We want to fight alongside you, added Lala as she fixed her position next to him. Perhaps 
bright dragons or some other beast. She seemed to be inquiring if that was okay. Well, little one, questioned Turim as he caught eyes with Thunderclap over his shoulder. Do you know how to ride a dragon? The blue dragon gave a smirk and bent his neck down near Turim's shoulder. No, Mr. Glidenlance, replied Lala. Though, with a right bit of practice, I'm sure I could muster it. Thunderclap's voice rasped deep. <sighs> it takes years of practice to sit still and do nothing while we dragons fight. Lala startled, clasping her hands together when she noticed Thunderclap so close. But when she realized the blue dragon spoke to her in jest, she let out a ghost of a laugh. Durham <laughs> gave Thunderclap a pat on the head and eyed his companions. It's good to see you all again. Reinforcements are being prepared to send to Tussacon as we speak. They're sending Company Captain Leadsword's men. The best we have. Simpha folded her arms. Will it be enough? Term considered that grave topic again. Meineken and his clan might survive the attack. I'm still not sure. We could only spare a company. The Dragon Wings will be many in number and we needed to keep most of them here. But there's hope yet. It's unknown still if Tussacan's fight has begun, but you can be sure it will soon if it hasn't already. Now look what you did, San broke the tension, snickering. They look like you just killed their cat, as the saying goes. Term looked over to his wingmates, who were all looking back, clearly curious and listening in. Come. I've some introductions to make. In the courtyard to the Soa Kim Dojo, starlight shone as the masters regrouped. Though Minakin and the masters hadn't spoken to any of the other ninja about the dark circumstances that would soon come to the city, it was obvious to them that something dreadful was afoot. Whisperings had gone about the dojo already. Now the messenger had returned from the magistrate's house, and Minakin and the others were eager for the news. Garbed in their dark gi, the messenger bowed as formally as possible. I delivered your message, pressing that the guards take it to Magistrate Grimswallow, she said. Minikin exchanged glances with the other masters, waiting patiently. Yes? There was laughter from the Magistrate's guards, she went on. But we did confirm that they took the message to the Magistrate. The guards returned laughing about the Black Talon Clan. She paused, swallowing. The Magistrate said... He refused to admit any jesters, and would not take any unexpected visitors until weekend. The masters looked to one another. Meineken shook his head. Bum rumbler, growled Hirioto. Do you think it's worth force? Asked Ryuki. We can surely sneak in and see the magistrate ourselves, added Hirioto. Without leave of the guards. And risk his hunting of us after he expels us, said Meineken. I don't think that's the best course. That would be an even greater waste of the city guard's time than sitting idle, and would cause our own preparations delay. Fools, spoke Hirioto. It will be their deaths. The Black Talons set Ninja to watch the harbor as dawn broke and on until sundown. Several messages were sent to the Magistrate, but all were refused, and the Black Talon clan had managed to attend to of their own. Smiths and Tussacon were put to work to help forge weapons. Members of the clan warned their families, and as many other folk as would hearken to their warning. Some of the Tussacons went to settlements and homesteads beyond Tussacon. Some went westward across the river Itinerus, toward Kalan, and even to Gaizin Keep, 
But time was short. Many remained behind, some unaware, some awaiting their doom. On his watch, Minikin stared at the bay, so placid that night that it reflected the moon much like a mirror. He'd done everything he could to ensure his clan was prepared. Ninja of the clan were on every rooftop. They were on every wall, along every wharf. They would be ready. The scent of fish wafted up to him, curling around the tiles of the roof he himself stood on. He'd lived in a town where fishing was the primary means of getting food. It had been that way his whole life, and for many lives before. The scent of the ocean and all it produced were peaceful and calming. All the aquagulls were asleep. Their ever-present cries during the day had silenced, as though for the last time. He had well nigh a hundred of his clan's best ninja with him. They were silent, and most were unafraid. Even the men who were with them gained confidence at the fearlessness of the Kithkin. They were ready to give their lives to save the city and their country. If only the city guard felt the same. Minikin had been thinking about the Magistrate a lot in the past two days. Magistrate Grimswallow had always made things difficult in the Black Talon clan. He wondered if Elder Master Deepender had still been alive, would he have been able to convince them to help? But the Elder Master was dead. The city guard themselves would be ill-prepared for what was coming. They'd be forced to scatter at the last moment as the Dark Knights rushed the docks. He thought about Turim. Would he give up the city and retreat? He wondered. He quickly put the thought aside. A dragon army will come no matter what, and we must do our best to hold our ground at Tusakon, here in the harbor. If only the Magistrate would have not been such a buffoon, the loss of life would have been more... manageable, at least. Master Shadowstar! shouted one of the ninja behind him. Minikin whirled around to see another of their clan approaching across the rooftops. What is it? He asked quickly. The Pale Elves! screamed the ninja, out of breath. They come from the northwest. They're already on the walls. Without hesitation or thought, Minikin waved his arm. He sprang back across the roof, passing the messenger. Let us go. Now. 